What's up, football fans? Welcome to Role Models, the number one fantasy football podcast for the COVID bubble league. I'm your host, Chip Setterfield, joined by the backup vocalist for Eggy Rubber, Brian Wolf. Hey, everybody. I hope everyone's having a good week so far. Uh, I know I could be having a better one if I had only started Carson over useless Hines, but, you know, not tilting as hard as some others in the league this week. Speaking of that, this week we will talk about news from the league and then pure, unadulterated tilt. And now for news from the league. Starting into the injury report, holy shit snacks. It was a bloody one out there. And pretty much everyone got hit, but we'll uh, we'll hit a few of the key players. Starting with not really a key player, but Tyrod Taylor. This one's kind of wild. His lung was punctured by the team doctor while he was giving him a shot for pain. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I guess he just missed his uh, phlebotomy class that day. Like... Dude, I don't know. Like, no wonder the poor guy had chest pain, just got stabbed. Yeah, it collapsed the lung. He had to go to the hospital, and they left him at the hospital. It's it's wild. I That guy obviously does not have a job anymore. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Justin Herbert looked pretty damn good, honestly, for his first start in the NFL. Almost beat the defending uh, Super Bowl champions. So I got to give him credit where credit's due there. Very true. Anthony Lynn, the head coach for the Chargers, didn't speak very kindly about Herbert. Doesn't sound like he's really his guy, but Tyrod's going to be out for a little bit. They're stuck with Herbert. Yeah, for sure. And then moving on to one of the bigger ones, but not a season under. CMC goes down, I believe it's four to six or six to eight weeks with uh, a high ankle sprain, which is a tough one to come back from even once they are quote-unquote recovered. And uh, we saw Andrew go out there and just spend big old stacks on Mike Davis as the backup. So it should pay off for a little bit, but we'll see. Moving on to the next one. This was a season ender. Saquon Barkley, number three pick overall for our league, out for the season. That one's rough. Looking at kooks. Yeah. And we would continue on with the, like, 20 other injuries, but that takes too much time to do. So I'm sure everyone saw them in the news and notes and just heard around through social media and all that. But, yeah, lots of injuries, some big, some only going to last a couple weeks. But nonetheless, just about every team got hit. So waivers were hot this week. Oh, they were spicy. Andrew coming back from that CMC injury hard, dude. He won Mike Davis for $14. Probably should have paid out for him, honestly. Fournette, that one was a weird one. Paid 11 fab for him. And then Russell Gage for six is actually a pretty good flex spot. But that brings Andrew down to 66 fab, which is not a lot of fab considering it's week three. Yeah, he, uh, he burned through a lot. And moving on to another... Big pickup. Peter got a uh, Daryl Henderson for eight fab. He's uh, doing a little dice roll into that backfield, which I more power to him if Daryl Henderson works out. Uh, Andrew tied him in fab, but since he had already gotten Mike Davis, he lost that one. Yeah, Andrew was willing to go to 58 fab in week yeah. three. That's it's aggressive. It's like AJ last year. Rest in peace. And then you the won last- one. Yeah, I was just going to say, I uh, 
I was happy about this. I always I always try to put down a dollar or something like that just in case someone tries to cheese me out of something. But yeah, I uh, got the Colts defense against the lowly Jets this week for one dollar. Still sitting pretty at ninety eight fab for the for the season. So uh, yeah, feels good on that one. I was glad I got it. Andrew again was the one who went up against you. Andrew's just Andrew's just spending money like he has it, which I mean he kind of does. But and then the final pickup of the week was Jimmy Graham for zero dollars to Chris. This one's a weird one. Jimmy Graham not overly prolific in the last decade, um, <laughs> but. Chris's tight end was questionable, so I guess I get it, but there are a few tight ends I would have picked up way before Jimmy Graham. Yeah, it was uh, picked a really old guy on a pretty bad offense, so I don't know. We'll see how it works out. It's worked out for Jason Witt and Truthers for a few years. See if it works out for Chris. Yeah. So even after waivers ran, people were still making some free agent acquisitions. Allie picked up Zach Pascal. It's a good one. He might be very necessary. Yeah, that and uh, Andrew still got himself a good defense for the week. Picked up the Jags off of uh, waivers for for free. And they're playing Miami. So that should be another good matchup to look forward to. 100%. You added Michael Pittman, the other probably Mr. Very Necessary in Indianapolis. That's a good Mm -hmm. pickup, dude. Yeah, I dropped him for Traquan. I felt like he had some better season-long uh, production left in him, whereas Traquan, I feel like, goes back to zero once Michael Thomas gets back, which sounds like it may already be this week. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And instead of paying up like I should have, I spent zero fab and secured all of the Giants' backfield, all three of them. So whoever gets playing time, I own, but now I have to pick whoever gets playing time. So. Or... Or you can hear me out on this one. Fill your yeah. two flex spots and your starting running back spot with all three. Then you never have to gamble. You just get them all. Dude, with the state of my team, I might. <laughs> I also picked up a spot start tight end in Dalton Schultz. Yeah, that's a good one. They uh, Who do they play this week? Uh, Seattle. Dallas yeah, that should, Seattle. Be, should be a shootout at least. I think so. And your boy Michael Gallup is not seeing targets in that offense. So he's not bad. my boy this year though. Andrew got him. Andrew picked him up. He stole him from you. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he stole him from me. I got I got Ridley unfortunately, you know. I'll I'll settle for that. He he's been all right, I suppose. Is he the number 2 wide receiver overall the, or something? He's the number 1. Ah, uh, Jesus. Yeah, he's well, uh not I not get, bad for a fourth round pick. Yeah, I guess you'll take that. All right, and then a little bit of spiciness to round out week two into week three. We had a trade. Peter sent tight end Noah Fant for Denver to Allie for Amari Cooper. And actually, I don't mind either side of this. Peter's team is a little overpowered. He's got a great lineup and a deep bench. And he had a tight end that he was willing to trade for, a wide receiver who, known to be inconsistent, but... When he's on, he scores a lot. So, and Dallas can move the ball right now. So, I thought the trade was pretty even too. I mean, Allie needed a good tight end, and Peter just had Fant sitting on the bench. I thought it was kind of weird why I picked him up after week one, especially when Andrews went off for like 25 that week. But now it makes sense. Like, he was just kind of using Fant to some trade bait, waited till his 
his value cemented after two weeks of two touchdowns and yeah, sold him away. So that was a, that was a big move. Honestly, that was probably going to be one of the bigger trades we see for a while. I think so. And it kind of shores up Peter's team. That was one of the complaints you and I had about Peter's team was there's no depth at wide receiver. Well, got hella depth at wide receiver now. Looking good. (laughs) Yeah. Looking, looking very good. All right, for our rotating segment this week, we are going to do Pure Tilt versus Staying Frosty. We're going to break down the matchup between me and Chris this week. And kicking it off, we'll start with the quarterbacks. I have Lamar Jackson. He has Russell Wilson. And honestly, most of the time when I see Lamar Jackson against Kansas City, I think I have the advantage. But Russell Wilson's been popping off. And he has Dallas this week, who is also a very high-powered offense. Who do you think has the advantage here, Wolfie? Oh, boy. I would kind of give Russ maybe the advantage just because he's been, I think he has, what, two games now with four-plus touchdowns each? Like, he's just been balling this season. Russ has been, as you say, a cooking this year. So Yes, Chef Boyardee style. Honestly. So I I honestly think it's a scratch there. You give the advantage to him. That's fine. I think it's only slight. Moving into the running backs, this one's a little more one-sided. <laughs> I am starting Josh Jacobs and Chris Thompson, who is dead to me. And he is starting Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery. I will softball pitch this one to you. Who do you think has the advantage? Yeah, this one's not even a close contest. Chris has you beat by Miles. Josh Jacobs, usually good, but plays New England. And Chris Thompson, oh, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Hopefully something. I mean, it is Miami after all, but that might be a trap game if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I am smashing the over for Miami versus Jacksonville, but I don't know that Chris Thompson will be super involved. I am very tempted to start Wayne Gallman just because I hate Chris Thompson that much, but I actually (laughs) don't think that's a smart move. You're right. Obvious advantage to him on running backs. Moving on to wide receivers, I have Devontae Parker and DJ Chark. He has DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs. And I'll toss it to you. Who do you think has the advantage? I, I don't know. I think you might have the slight edge here in the sense that, well, one, they play each other's teams, so you're getting almost a third of your fantasy production already over with on Thursday. But two, it's like both are pretty consistent week in, week out. Shark's been pretty good. Parker still continuing the trend from last year. And I'm not, you know, saying anything bad about Hopkins, but, you know, Hopkins is playing Detroit. If they get up early, I feel like they just hand the ball off to Kenyon and there goes some production. And then Diggs, yeah, he had a great week too, but week one he vanished and this week he's going to be heading up against uh, up against Ramsey. So, I don't know. I think you might have the slight edge there, just because Chris might have one of his wide receivers just disappear. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about that. I'm really hoping Diggs disappears now, but <laughs> I think he has the advantage there, at least slight. Chark and Parker obviously have the chance to pop off, but Hopkins has been the dominant number one for Arizona, and I think... Detroit can stay at least close enough in this game with a healthy receiving core to make it maybe a shootout, but at least a high scoring game. All right, moving into tight end. This one's interesting, and I have my reasons for doing this, 
but I am starting Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. He is starting Janu Smith for the Tennessee Titans. Who do you think has the advantage? I think both are about equal, to be honest. I mean, Jonu's had some pretty good games going against Minnesota, who has been terrible. And you have Dalton Schultz, who broke out last week, and they're playing Seattle, so it should be a shootout. I don't know. I think I'd give the slight edge to you guys just because it could turn to another situation where Tennessee just gets up by a bunch and Derrick Henry runs the ball the rest of the game. Yeah. Now, this is why I said it was interesting. I have a star tight end in Darren Waller, who got me 20-something points last week. I like Darren Waller. I actually took him in every single league that I played in this year. But I am sitting him on my bench, even though he's projected more. And here's why. Dallas versus Seattle, like we said, should be a shootout. Dalton Schultz had a great week, too. And New England is playing Las Vegas. I think Bill Belichick will scheme his defense so that Darren Waller can't just be thrown to. Do you know what percentage of his team's receptions he got last week? Isn't it like 70% or something gross? I think it was 47%, which is absolutely wild. Yeah, that's still bonkers. Yeah, Belichick, this is what he always does. He takes away the first option. So I think the rookies, the wide receivers in Vegas will have to show up because that's all they have. And Belichick will plan it that way because he's smart and I trust in Belichick. I'm going with you. I actually think this is a scratch, too. I feel better about Schultz than I do Waller. But between Janu and Schultz, I don't really have a preference. I think it's scratchy, too. Mm-hmm. Moving on to flex, I have lined up DJ Moore and Nikhil Harry. Chris has CD Lamb and Alan Lazard, but... I want to put an asterisk in there. If he's smart, he probably won't play Alan Lazard. He'll probably play Kenny Galladay, who is sitting on his bench. Who do you think has the advantage? Uh, if he keeps his lineup how it is, you definitely have the advantage. But um, if he puts in Galladay and he actually is going to be fully available, then I think Galladay could pop off. Well, yeah, they probably he probably will have to pop off because Detroit's going to be playing from behind all game, in my humble opinion. I agree with you. I think how it sits right now, I definitely have the advantage. CeeDee Lamb could do very well. Another player in that Dallas-Seattle game. DJ Moore, though, I think actually is the dark horse here. Nikhil Harry playing for New England. Cam threw a lot of balls his way both weeks. I like him a lot. DJ Moore, though, I think with the loss of CMC, will find all the targets Carolina has. I think they'll have to play through the air. They'll have to rely on Teddy connecting with his wide receivers. I think DJ Moore could be lined up for a very big week this week. Mm-hmm. I agree. We will skip the breakdown of the defense because it's a crapshoot, and I don't really feel like breaking those down. Do you? Nah, we can skip them. All right. So overall, who do you give the advantage to? Well, I give maybe the advantage to you right now in the slightest because you do get to see where you stand after Thursday night because three of your players are going to be done at that point. So you can either put in some safe starts in your flex or you can try to pop off if you need to. Yeah, I disagree. I am playing that way so that I can see where I sit after the Thursday night game, see if my wide receivers do anything. But I disagree. I think Chris's team, it's been good so far. He's 2-0. and I don't have a running back, too. I don't even know if I'll start Chris Thompson. I think he has the definite advantage, but I am trying to play it smart. I appreciate it, but I disagree. I, I, I think. 
I think I'm going to do poorly. <laughs> eh, we'll see. I still want to disparage Chris until he gives me what I want in a trade. Yeah, that, that son of a bitch. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. Wolfie, you have any words of wisdom for the way out? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of tilt happening this week. I mean, it makes sense. There's a lot of injuries. There are a couple couple 0-2 teams in our league. Sad face. But hey, we're only at the end of week two right now. It's uh, it's not too late to shore up your, your rosters, maybe make some moves, and make a postseason push. I mean, shoot, I started out 0-4 two seasons ago and made it to the championship. So it happens. You'll be fine. Just stay relaxed and do not drop people just out of spite or wherever if you end up 0-3. I'll tell you this, dude. If I end up 0-3, Lamar Jackson's hitting that waiver wire. 